Hey, hey, welcome back to Bullpen Sessions. My name is Andy Neary. Each week, I sit down with abundant thinkers who are kicking ass in life. And we deconstruct the formulas they have used to have success in business and in life to help you unpack your life, your business, so you can do the same. So put a smile on, grab a pen and a paper, get ready to take a ton of notes because you, my friend, are about to go on a wild ride. Here we go. Hey, hey, welcome back to Bullpen Sessions. I am excited this week to have Johnny Fasola join us. Uh, I love Johnny's story, very similar to mine, and uh, he's doing some great things, still actively playing baseball, which I'm excited to share. So, Johnny, welcome aboard. Thanks, Andy. Um, let's start right here, Johnny. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Hudson, Ohio. It's about 30 minutes south of Cleveland. Ah, so you must be an Indians fan? No, I grew up a Baltimore Orioles fan. My favorite player was Cal Ripken Jr. And I just was always fanatical about him. My room was full of Cal Ripken stuff. Um, yeah, my parents like the Indians, but I mean. Orioles, I like it. Well, obviously, Cal Ripken is a um, good man to be rooting for when you were a kid. In fact, I saw him. I was at a, we live out in Colorado. I was at a Colorado Buffaloes football game a couple of years ago. And his, I didn't know his daughter went to the college and he was at the game, saw him walking outside the stadium. I didn't realize he was as tall as he was. He was like six, five. Like he was a big man. Really? Yeah, I was surprised. I by that. That. Yeah. Obviously he's looks different today than he did back in his playing days, but he's a tall man. Yeah. I was surprised by that. Okay. So Got to ask you, because I know you started your college career at Kansas State. How does an Ohio kid from Northern Ohio end up at Kansas State? I, that's a tough one. I, uh, <laughs> there was a kid named Jason King from uh, Columbus, and he was the first, I believe, the first guy from Ohio to go to Kansas State, and it kind of started this trickle effect. He had a brother named Jared. Uh, myself another kid from cleveland he kind of they he paved the path and then they just started getting a bunch of ohio guys um kind of the culture over there is similar you know the blue collar work hard you know grindy we're gonna outwork you type of attitude that kind of mirrors you know the ohio mindset um they just loved it and so they took some players from ohio and i just happened to be one of them that's awesome. So, you know, it's interesting in college sports where they, they you know, one, a school might find a hotbed somewhere in the yeah. country for recruiting. And you're like, how do they have all these kids from this certain geographic area? And like you said, once you find one, it, it can be a lot easier to find the others and you keep coming back to the well. That makes a lot Definitely. of sense. Definitely. And Big 12 baseball, right? Big 12 baseball is very competitive. And and I failed to mention your right-handed pitcher. Uh, and so you were at uh, Kansas State. And what was that like for you? I'm curious. This is, I, I always think of young athletes that might be listening into this episode going from playing at Hudson, Ohio to playing big 12 baseball. What was that? What was that jump like for you? Um, it, so I was a position player. I was a shortstop. I was drafted okay. as a shortstop. Uh, all I knew was infield. I threw hard. So they, I pitched a little bit in high school. Um, but I went there full intent on being a third baseman and, you know, playing in the big leagues in the infield. And I ended up hurting my back and just kind of never got the swing back. It was very frustrating time in my life and my arm was still strong. So they said, you know, let's convert you to a pitcher. And that's kind of how that all started. But competition wise, 
um, you know, you have that thing in your head, oh, I'm in the Big 12, these guys can hit, you know, and it takes a, just one little piece of success to say, okay, you know, I can hang with these guys, like, I belong here, but um, yeah, it's just a lot of positive reinforcement and trusting in your ability and yourself, and that just, that mirrors the whole way up through baseball. I'm curious because you brought up a really good point. Was there a, 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 a moment that you can remember when you were at Kansas State, that moment where you realize you belong? Because like you said, all it takes is a little taste of success and then you realize, okay, I belong. Can you recall right. that time? Big 12 tournament. So talking pitching wise, Big 12 tournament my freshman year. Um, and I didn't have a tremendous experience there at Kansas state. I don't want to, you know, throw shade, but they burned my red shirt with one inning at, uh, in the big 12 tournament. And I went in against Texas A&M and they had, uh, just a whole slew of big leaguers. Now, you know, Naquin was the three holes center fielder. And I threw, I didn't have command for my slider. I didn't have good command back then. Um, but I threw hard and I was getting, I was walking guys, and then I walked them chucked and I just, I got out of it with only fastballs. Uh, and that was like, you know, these guys know what's coming. They're the best, you know, this is the semifinals in the big 12 tournament and I'm getting them out with fastballs. I was like, okay, like if I have this and the change up, I know, I, I know it'll play. That was like kind of my moment, my epiphany where it's like, I, all right, I can play here. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. For me, it was my freshman year. I beat, uh, beat Notre Dame and UWM normally goes down to South Bend and gets their ass kicked. And, right. and, yeah, and yeah. so when I beat them, it was like, okay, these guys are usually ranked. I belong playing at this level that I think every athlete has that moment where they finally can take that breath and they're like, okay, Definitely. I, I belong here. Well, now fast forward, you decide to, so you, you go from being a position player Correct. to on the left side of the infield to pitching. And then you decide to actually transfer back towards home. So you transfer from Kansas state back to Kent state. Um, what precipitated that decision where you, you know, I, obviously Kent state has had a lot of success in baseball in the Mac conference. Was that kind of a coming home for you? Yeah, I, I was, uh, you know, I, I was a big recruit out of high school. You know, I, my sophomore year, we had one of the biggest recruits in the country, named Tyler Scalina and we had a ton of scouts at our game. And as I kind of progressed and got better uh, throughout my high school career, it kind of put me on the map as well. So I, you know, got a lot of good offers and, you know, some good exposure thanks to him and then eventually led to my own. But um, Kent state was one of my final three schools that I was going to pick from. It was Kent, Penn state, and Kansas state. And obviously the big 12, you know, the land of milk and honey, I thought. So, uh, I, I had had, you know, like I said, a bad experience at Kansas State. We just didn't mesh well. Um, I was injured. I was in a new position away from family. I said, I'm going back home. Uh, I know Mike, Mike Birkbeck is, you know, the best in the country at what he does as a pitching coach. So I said, if I'm going to commit to this as a pitcher, you know, what place better to do it than in my backyard with, the guy who had just won coming off the college world series, the assistant coach of the year. I said, that's it. That's all I needed. I'm good. 
Well, that's so. that's yeah. And, and for those who do listen to the podcast regularly, last week I interviewed Michael King, who was on that Kent State, that team that made it to the the College World Series. Johnny, you transferred in right the year after, correct? And by the way, is that Mike Birkbeck, same guy pitched in the at the major league level? Yes, he okay. had success in the big leagues with Milwaukee. He also played in Japan. I mean, he's a just a guru. Yeah, no, I remember. Being a Brewers fan growing up, the, the name Birkbeck definitely uh, resonates. So cool. You transfer back. And I think it's such an important topic to talk about because today with the transfer portals and all that stuff, I mean, I was talking to my my former coach at UWM. I had him on the podcast just a few weeks ago. He was telling me something like right now in the this offseason, there's over 1,300 players in the transfer portal. Uh, and, that's incredible. It is absolutely astonishing. And, you know, what else I really like about what you said there is when you actually was, were coming out of high school, you had Kansas State, Penn State, and Kent State. And Big Ten baseball, let's be honest, isn't that nationally prevalent as it might be in football and basketball. But you chose Kansas State because, hey, it's the Big 12. Right. But then you decided to come back to play MAC baseball. And what I love about college baseball, I think more than any other sport, is I don't care where you go to college. You have a chance to get signed. Look at the first just the first kid, first outfielder drafted this year, Sam Houston State. Right. I mean, doesn't matter what college you're playing at. It can be Division two or Division three. Absolutely. And, and so, especially with technology and you know social media, if you can play, they're going to find you. They're good, and I love that because we're going to talk about what you guys are doing at Pro Mentor. So you had yeah. a successful run at Kent State, and it allows you to get drafted a second time in the uh, 31st round by the Rangers, which is a little ironic because I just interviewed Mike last week. He too signed with the Rangers, right. um, which I love the fact you, you're one of the few guys I've talked to that was drafted twice, but for two different positions. Yeah. Once as a position player, once as a pitcher, what was that like the moment you got drafted? Relief. It was uh, a lot of, you know, I, I've had been through injuries, you know, I had a bad college experience and, you know, to finally see it all come together again. And, you know, I didn't even listen because I didn't want to get let down. So I just went and did my own thing. I was playing golf with a couple of buddies. I said, dad, call me if it happens, you know, <laughs> if not, you know, I'll be on 18. So, uh, it was just a, it was a, breath of fresh air and it was like okay you know no one can ever take this away from me let's see what i have let's see how how far i can go you know this is always something i've dreamt of um just just really excited to have an opportunity that's awesome so you actually had quite a successful run in minor league baseball i'm curious because i ask anybody i've talked to that's played pro baseball what were the differences you've noticed from playing college baseball to now you're getting paid to play baseball. Did you notice any drastic differences? Um, obviously, apart from the competition, which is, you know, bottlenecks as you go up. Um, I'd say, fortunately for me and Mike and guys that went to Kent State, you know, we had a big league staff. Duncan was our head coach. He played four years uh, for the Mets. Um, Birkbeck played forever for in Japan. He had professional experience. Brandon Larson was our third base coach. He played in the College World Series in five years for Cincinnati. Um, our our staff was a big league staff. 
So they ran mm -hmm. Kent and their practices like professional baseball. So I, I'll never forget it. I called Mike Birkbeck day one after I got signed. I went to Spokane, Washington, and we get there and it's like, hey, PFPs right into this, right into that, BP, sprint, done. I'm like, holy, holy cow, you know, this is uh this is Kent State. I called him, I said, Hey, thank you so much. You I mean, you prepared me as well as I could be prepared for professional baseball. It is the same blueprint that you guys do at Kent State. So um I'd say apart from the competition, I was pretty well prepared, but I think the uh the preparation of knowing your competition gets so much more in depth as you go up. You they know, have these charts and these heat maps and analytics, and especially the way the game's evolving to now. It's just it's ridiculous what you can find out about somebody. I was just having a conversation with my parents last night, and my my nephew is a pretty good baseball player back in Wisconsin. And the fact within seconds I could pull up all his stats, you know, his 60 time, his 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 ranking in Wisconsin as a shortstop or second base, like that just blows my mind cuz back when I was in high school, it was hard to get seen unless you were at, you know, in Florida, right. jo Florida, Georgia, Texas, California. And so right. yeah, it just blows me away the stats that are available today. You said something though I want to go back upon. I don't want to I don't want to left uh leave undone. How important was, because I, I agree, my my coaches in college, Scotty played it, made it to AAA with the Dodgers. Jerry Augustine pitched for the Milwaukee Brewers. Having those guys who understood what it took to prepare yourself at the professional level, now coaching you in college, I think was so important. How how important was it for you to have that mentorship at Kent State? Massive. I mean, I, it was, uh, you know, when you when you're going through your career, you experience a lot of things for the first time, you know, and it's just no one to lean on and, or there's no one that you know that has been through it and having, you know, had two years at Kent state of preparation of exactly what I was going to be going through, you know, as my job made it so much less stressful on me, which kind of gave me an edge over a couple guys that maybe were better than me or equal to me or, but because I had, guys like I had at Kent State and my dad and, and Kazmar at Walsh, my high school baseball coach, I, I was very fortunate, you know, in my upbringing through baseball that that was kind of a differentiator for me. Yeah, and your dad actually played a little pro ball himself, didn't he? He did. He played for the Pirates for, I think, a year or two, and then something happened with his ankle, and but he had a, he had a little, little taste of it as well. But the, but to grow up in that house, because I always say this, my dad, he was a good college baseball player, but he became a really good high school coach. To have that mentorship just growing up all through your youth is such an advantage. Definitely. It's such an advantage. And, you know, by the way, I got to ask, is that the same Brendan Larson that hit like 40 home runs one year for LSU? It sure is. Yeah. Yeah. That guy, was, that guy had an insane season. He sure awesome. did. We could do a whole nother podcast about that guy. <laughs> Well, now you're in minor league baseball and you, again, started climbing the ranks, right? I think at one point you, you got as high as you're at AAA in Round Rock, which is, is near Austin. What was that like making it to AAA and where you know you're one, you're one phone call away from, from playing at the top level? Um, it was, it's exciting. I mean, I, we talked about that moment where you have that, I can do this. I believe like I can compete here. I had went from high A 
and I was pitching really well in my third season and I was in high A and they sent me straight to triple A to fill in for somebody because I was get I was getting promoted to double A but someone went down triple A so they sent me there and I came in my first they flew me out and I, I threw in that day game in like the third inning our starter got hurt and I um excuse me I um I pitched really well I had like four or five strikeouts and two innings and I was just like yeah this is a real possibility I could get that call and I ended up staying in triple a for quite some time and then was back and forth that season um but to get that call to the show was something that I had stopped worrying about because I was so worried early on about Am I going to break with low A? I got to get promoted to high A because it's like that step. You know, I got to get to that next step. And once I stopped worrying about that and just, you know, controlled what I can control, you know, be a good teammate. All I can do is throw this ball and whatever happens behind me, well, it's, it's out of my control. So all I can do is throw a good pitch. And if if he gets out, or if he strikes out, or if he hits a home run, I, that's, not, that's, not, that's not something I can control. If I get called up, sent down, part up you know it's just control the controllables is something that i really harped on and just bought into and uh, and it helped me immensely that's uh that's awesome um i think you can get caught up in the trying to control the journey Definitely. i know i know the year i got released in spring training that was my whole thing i wanted i was so focused on going to beloit in uh because it would have been 50 miles from where i grew up my family friends could be there and you're just so focused right. on controlling the the journey versus like you said control what you control as a pitcher you have one job throw strikes That's it. And, and you can't you can't control what happens behind you and so i love that i absolutely love that you know and what's interesting johnny is i i was just thinking about this today you look at guys that are playing that just got called up like wander franco from the tampa bay organization they're calling him like a generational talent right right well you look at him right now he's hitting about 180 at the major league level i know a guy from wisconsin that got called up quickly jared kelenic same thing number one draft pick calls up he hits about 080 and now he's back down like i think people fail to realize how big that jump from triple a to the major leagues is Definitely. I mean, you, each level gets harder. I mean, when yeah. I really start to, I started to see everyone talks about the bottleneck double a, you know, when I got the double a, you good? Yeah. Keep going. Oh, I'm sorry. Double uh, a was like when hitters started to get a real approach and I couldn't just beat people with fastball away and slider. Like, oh, I got to show a third pitch. I got to, I got to move in and out, up and down. I got to really got to pitch, you know, these guys can keyhole in on you instead of, you know, three, four, five, only being able to beat you triple a their eight, nine hole hitter was the player of the year in Florida. You know, like these are all the best players and they just continue to get better. And then, you know, obviously I've never played in the big leagues, but I've played in games with big league players and it's just, um, you, you get just are in awe of how talented some of these guys are. You stand there and watch take watch BP or infield and it's just astounding. Like two nights ago, I was playing against Brendan Phillips, who's, I mean, what, 16, 18 years in the show, second base for the Reds. He's part owner of the Lexington legends and he's out there making diving plays, hitting balls to the other way. And he's, 
30, 40 years, 38, 40 years old. It's just, it's uh, it's impressive what some of these guys. Can well, do. and your 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 analogy of the bottleneck so true because from high school to college, right? You get there as a, especially as a pitcher, and you go, okay, this lineup is basically all state guys one through nine. We're yep. back in high school. The three or four hitter might be great, but after that, you can kind of coast. Now you get to the you get the professional baseball, and now those are the top guys from college and high school. And eventually, as you you go up level by level, and you get to that AAA level, it's like the tippy top of the tippy top including guys that were already up at the top at the major league level that are just back down maybe for a short period of time. Yeah. You just mentioned Brandon Phillips, Lexington legends. Uh, you are still playing right right sure. now. You're playing indie ball, looking to get yep. that chance to get back before we get to that. I'm curious. Cause last year obviously was a year unlike anything else. There was no minor league baseball. I'm mm -hmm. guessing, you know, there was no indie, indie ball going on. How did you keep yourself in shape in a in a year where there really was no season? Um, I got released in January, and I was in the middle of my third Tommy John rehab, so I was kind of just left uh, floating upstream. And my agent, luckily, had a good relationship with a guy out in Florida named Eric Cressy, and they kind of took me under their wing and allowed me to train there um, up, up until about March when the pandemic, you know, March, April, when stuff got really bad. Um, then I was kind of on my own. I was um, at the apartment gym throwing against a wall in, you know, some park in Florida, you know, just made it happen. I, and then, I, I didn't get any calls. I thought I, maybe I'd get a roster invite or something would happen, but nothing, you know, no one was really signing guys unless you had some time or were healthy. And there were a lot of question marks on me, truth be told, with my health. Um, so I, I understood it, you know, and I didn't really know if I wanted to continue to pursue the, my career. So I was kind of done. You know, I had one foot in, one foot out, you know, and I keep hearing from everybody you know, you got to keep playing. You'll regret it. You know, don't leave any stones unturned, you know, see what you got. And, uh, I was just working for pro Manor and, you know, the phone rings. Hey, the Royals want to see you throw. Well, okay. Well, I haven't thrown much, but yeah, I'll go throw. Hey, Indians are interested. Would you take a job in Mexico? I'm like, okay. So obviously my name is still floating around there out there so my agent said go pitch in high point and you know see what happens see if you still got it see if you still have the passion for it um if you you know just roll it out there see what happens and you know knock on wood i've had some success here and i'm throwing the ball well so and i'm having fun again so. that's awesome that's that's the most important part right you're having fun again and man i gotta tell you three tommy john recoveries geez whoo Yep. I mean, I mean, think about the, the the back in the day. Tommy John himself, who who uh, the surgery is named after, used to be that that thing altered your career, if not ended it, right? And it, yeah. it's amazing today how how efficient they have that procedure down. Um, it absolutely blows me away. I, I actually think I'm making a bold prediction, Johnny. We get to a day where parents actually have their kids go through Tommy John surgery because so many kids come out throwing harder. <laughs> than they and did before uh, the surgery. <laughs> unfortunately, that's already a thing. I've been approached by parents. I've done some coaching. Um, 
because I've had time. So I've just been, you know, giving back to the game. And yep. uh, I've had that question. Should I get my son Tommy John to throw harder? And you're like, <laughs> are you kidding me? You know, there's such a stigma around, oh, Tommy John gets you throwing harder. No, it doesn't. It's the rehab you do. I mean, you're strengthening muscles in your arm and shoulder and scap that you didn't even know you had. It's so tedious. And so, you know, you're doing so much stuff. It's it's just a ligament. You know, it's, it's not going to make you throw harder. But the 30 reps of scap drills and your shoulder and your forearm and your legs and everything stronger coming back, that's why you throw harder. You know, that makes a lot of sense because I'm, I'm willing to bet those guys that do experience the increase in velocity – they probably weren't doing those exercises before the Tommy John surgery. No, yeah. God, no. I yeah. mean, if you took, I bet if you took a guy in high school right now, that's not doing hardly any arm care and you gave him the Tommy John routine, the rehab, you'd get three to five miles an hour. Wow. Guaranteed. That's amazing. Well, let's talk about this. Cause I want now to go into you're playing indie ball right now. You're helping out. You're doing some work, great work for pro mentor, which I had Michael King on last week. Who's the, you know, one of the founders behind it. I want to get your perspective or one. For those who may not really understand, talk about what indie ball is like. What is it? Who are you playing against? I'm, you know, what's the talent level like? Because indie ball, it's a, it's a, it's something that's near and dear to my heart, as I shared with you offline, Johnny. Because when I got released, I remember they, the, the director of baseball operations for the Brewers, put that list of indie ball teams in front of me and said, "Hey, where do you want to go play?" And right. I said, "No thanks. I got my degree." Truth be told. There's moments I look back and say, eh, should I have gone and played a year or two in indie ball? Because you never know where it would go, right? Talk about what it's like to play indie ball. You're in a high, am I, am I guessing, High Point, North Carolina? Okay. Correct. What is that uh, like? Uh, it's so I've had the same thoughts about it. You know, you're playing in affiliated baseball and you're like, I, I'm never going to play indie ball. If, that, if it comes to that, it's time to hang them up. But honestly, with the pandemic and everything and just a uh, a mass exodus of players that, you know, got released and uh, the competition level is double A, triple A in my opinion. But you also got guys sprinkled in there who it's their first time playing pro pro baseball. So like they're fresh out of college and, you know, some of these guys can play, you know, some more so than others. Definitely. You know, it's not affiliated ball, but, you know, like I said, you got Brandon Phillips, you got first rounders, you got uh, guys with, you know, five years of big league time. Lo- Logan Morrison, what, 10, 12 year guy, uh, like 50, 75 million or whatever. He four lockers over from me. Um, I think it's just a lot of guys who are in my position of let's give this another shot or something happened to them in baseball whether negatively or injury wise, you know, it's, there's some good ball players here. So um, it's really laid back. I'm having fun. We got a great staff. Uh, Frank Viola is our pitching coach. So, you know, you got a Cy Young winner in a World Series MVP, you know, telling you stories every day. It's a blast. I'm, ha- I'm having fun. And it kind of correlates in with what I'm doing with Pro Mentor. I'm able to spread the word. I'm able to, uh, you know, do promotional things with some of these ball clubs that I'm, you know, coming across. And uh, it's just been a perfect hybrid. It's been great. I'm, I'm having a good time. 
That's awesome, man. And and for those listening in that are baseball fans from the 80s, early 90s, Frank Viola, man, one of the best mustaches ever. He's still got it. <laughs> That's he's awesome. still got it. Yeah, he's a man. Well, and I, I'm guessing, too, with indie ball, I mean, every every night for you, especially on a mound, is an audition, right? It, it All it takes yep. is the right team to see you that night, and the call comes. Yep. And, you know, it's funny, as I, as I sit here and talk to you, I – a couple nights ago, I had that epiphany of, you know, I, I, I'm so worried about, Hey, I need to get back into affiliated ball. I need to get back into affiliated ball. And same thing about, you know, just letting the, you know, chips fall where they may, all I can do is throw strikes and throw strikes. get some outs and see what happens. You know, I, yep. if I'm too caught up on trying to get signed or, you know, getting a indie ball or getting a winter ball job, you know, it's just going to give me some more grace. So, Mm-hmm. Yeah, control the controllables, right? That's control all it the controllables. Is, man. Well, yep. Let's talk about uh, what you're also doing with ProMentor. Um, you're the director of baseball operations. For those that didn't get a chance to listen to my interview with Mike Clark last week, fill us in a little bit about what ProMentor is and, and what it's doing for young baseball players around the country. Yeah, so it's an app on your phone. It's a mobile platform where uh, pro athletes, either former or current, had to have played some type of professional, well, baseball. We have soccer. We have hockey. Uh, we're amongst working on others. But for the sake of the podcast, you had to have played some type of professional baseball, and they match you with amateurs based off of what you need. So, uh, you know, the idea kind of sprung from Mike and I back in college and playing in these, you know, towns that don't have much going on. You know, when I played in, I don't want to throw any towns under the bus, but, you know, you're playing in a town where there's a couple thousand people there and, you know, they close up the whole town for the game. You know, you're you're a hero. You know, you, you go out and strike out the side. When they go out and practice in the yard the next day, you're not, uh, you know, Derek Jeter or Mariano Rivera. You're Johnny Fasola because you saw him last night pitch, and that's that, it's close to home. You know, so you're you're – in some of these towns, you're a big deal. So it was an idea where it's like, it'd be cool to create that interaction because obviously minor league guys, we don't get paid much. And a lot of people want to give back to the game. You know, we love the game. So it's just a, it's just a cool platform that connects people. And, you know, like I was saying about you go through baseball and some of, some of these things that occur in your life or happen across the game or along your journey, there's just no one to lean on or Mm -hmm. there's no one to talk to about it. That's been through it before. Like my first Tommy John, you know, my shoulder started hurting and I was like, you know, is my shoulder gone? You know, now having three of them, I know that that's part of it, you know, and if someone were to ask me about it, don't worry about it. You're fine. You know, so things like that amongst, or I mean, in addition to lessons, you know, yeah being able to get feedback from a professional baseball player. So talk about that for a second, because you're not only the director of operations, but you're actually instructing as well. And so what's that like? You know, maybe you're working, you're in North Carolina, working with a kid in the Midwest, a pitcher virtually. How does, how, how would that work if I'm that young baseball player and I'm getting lessons from you, much like we're doing right now in a virtual Zoom kind of world? How does that work? Yeah, it's, it's exactly like this, but I, I'm able to pull up your clips that you pre-upload based on the lesson type. So that situation exactly happened. I'm in, you know, 
I, I'm in Long Island last week and I'm giving a lesson in the bullpen to a kid in, <laughs> in Cincinnati going over his clips, you know, and I had Frank Viola look at him. I said, Hey, here's a Cy Young winner. Oh, what do you got? You know, so that's awesome. They're getting feedback from guys, you know, better than me, but, uh, I'm able to pull up their clips and give them feedback and it's, it's 20 minutes, you know, you, you give them a couple nuggets in 20 minutes and, uh, it's, you know, the cool part is, is getting that feedback of, Hey, so Maddox is a kid. I, I do a lot of lessons with his Maddox. He's a great kid. I, he had a, he had a swinging gate and I got him cleaned up and his mom sends me a, Hey, Maddox threw a one hitter. And you're just like, that, that's what it's about, man. I, I love that. I love seeing that stuff. Well, and no offense to the little league college, high school coaches out there. Cause there's a lot of amazing coaches, but can you imagine being a high school kid and you maybe send the clips of your last game to you and you're mm -hmm. sitting in the bullpen in long Island. You're like, Oh, by the way, I've got Frank Viola looking at this too, to give his feedback. Like that's yep. bananas. I, I think about back when I was pitching back in high school. And like I said, my dad was an amazing high school coach. But after one of my starts, if I could send a clip and have a former, not just major league or Cy Young winner, look yeah. at my stuff like, wow, that is, this is the right. beauty. This is the beauty of how the world has shrunk, Johnny, right? Like, especially 2020 taught us we're this much closer to people we thought we couldn't connect with just a few Definitely. years ago. Yep. And so let me, let's just quickly talk logistics. If I'm a parent with a, a kid playing high school baseball, like you said, hockey, soccer, what does it cost for an instruction? $50. Wow. So for $50, I could send a clip to you. You yep. could help me help my kid again. Heck you might be in the right spot and Frank Viola might check it out um, for 50 bucks. Yeah. So I, uh, you, we have an open line of discussion once you upload your clips. So there's, there's these pre, um, loaded lessons you you decide on so let's just say for me i give lessons in pitching uh mentorship so dealing with failure dealing with injury college preparation showcase preparation you know things that you know up here are just as important as off the on, on the field so uh you know you pick a you pick a lesson topic and there's prerequisite videos you have to upload that make it easier on me and help you out because you're getting the best um, feedback. Uh, yeah, and I, I review them and I pre-upload clips that coincide with you know the lesson topics, and uh, we kind of just have a little twenty-minute brain session, you know. And I I go over what I see, um, what I and then I upload some drills. I think that would be good for you and talk about you know why they're important, um, you know, or it's lesson on mental. So I had a, a two weeks ago dealing with failure. A parent told me, Hey, my son's really struggling with striking out. He, he throws his helmet. Just, it'll mean so much more coming from you. So a lot of this stuff is regurgitated, but it just hits different when it's coming from somebody who's done it or been through it or is not their mom and dad. So, you know, I got a text, Hey, he's doing a lot better. Thank you so much. And, Nothing groundbreaking in that lesson, but it just meant something different to him. Well, and I think it's so important what you just referenced there, especially with today's youth. It's not just physical coaching or, or skill coaching. It's mental. Definitely. I mean, if you, had, if you had to just make a guess, what percentage of the time are you working with a young athlete on their mental strength as much as you are their skills? 
I'm trying to push more mental. So the guys that I work with, it's a lot of, what are you thinking here? Why do you do this? Not just, Hey, boom, 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 boom. You know, this is just as important, which is what our app is trying to really push. Just that open line of conversation. You know, if, if you're a, a chef, you know, you want to learn from, you watch Gordon Ramsay cook, or you would, well, you'd want to talk with a Michelin star chef. It's the same thing. You know, you sell insurance, you know, you're not just going to go out there day one and be the CEO and, you know, have the most success, you know, talking with people who have had success, you know, mentorship. That's what this is all about. Accompanied with mechanics and just general baseball knowledge that we may have had access to by playing with guys or co being coached by Frank Viola, who's done everything in baseball. So it's just it's just a cool thing to create interaction, and um, we're really excited about it. I love that tagline right there. Mechanics. What did you say? What in mechanics? Uh, there was another M word you just threw in there, and I'm drawing a blank. Mentorship. Mentorship, mechanics, and mental. I think those three things are are so, so, so important. Well, if I'm a parent listening in, Johnny, what is the easiest way to – get in contact with ProMentor and start something like this going for my, my son or my daughter. Yeah. We're on the app store right now on uh, iOS. So you just go to the Apple store on your phone, download ProMentor and uh, set up your profile. It's easy. Um, and then we have, again, soccer, men and women's hockey, men and women's and baseball softball is going to be next. Um, yeah. Create your profile, set it up. You could peruse through the pros. We got, we got some, pretty big name guys. And, you know, Chris Taylor, we just signed, you know, just got an all-star bid. Um, he's the face of the, the platform for us. Um, we're going to do a lot of cool stuff with him as far as giveaways. And, you know, we're giving away a free lesson with Chris uh, when the season concludes. Um, yeah. So we're, we're really excited about it. There's a lot of cool features, a lot of new things rolling out um, within the next month or two kind of cleaning up the app, making sure everything's tip top shape and um, we'll be good to go. We'll be on Android here in a couple months, but you know, you can go to promentor.com, download it from there or the Apple store. That's awesome, man. I, I, I'm going to make an ask right out of the gate here. If the, whenever the time permits, I would love to have Chris Taylor on this podcast. If there's ever, ever an opportunity, he's a, I love that guy. He's just a, he's a grinder. He just gets after it and he just doesn't, he doesn't, you don't see him put the flash. He just goes out there and does it day in and day out for the Dodgers. I absolutely love that. Well, Johnny, I want to thank you. Um, I want to wish you the best of luck. Like your journey is not over. You know, tonight you yeah. could pitch, you could pitch the gate, you know, you could have the performance of your life tonight and that call comes. And so yeah. I, I really appreciate what you and last question I want to ask you before we part for the kids, the parents listening in right now who do have maybe some young athletes. What is, what's one piece of advice you'd give them today? To the parents or the kids? I'd say let's start with the kids and then to the parents. I would say just to reiterate kind of what we were talking about earlier is just believe. You know, it, it's tough. Sometimes you go through failure and uh, it can be a grind, you know, when you know you're talented, but let's say you have a bad game and that doubt creeps in, that self-doubt. You know, or you're in a slump, you haven't got a hit in all tournaments. You know, do I really want to play this? And it's not even baseball. It's just all sports or anything in life, really. Um, just, just positive self-talk. Control what you can control. Have fun. 
All you can do is try hard and have a good attitude. Those are the only two things you really can control. So that would be my biggest piece of advice. You can't control someone making a diving play on you if you hit a line drive. What are you going to get mad about that for? You hit the ball in the screws. Actually, you should tip the cap. <laughs> yeah, you tip the cap, you get them next time. Hey, I just killed that ball. Next one's going to be in the gap. That's all you can do, man. And that's awesome. the toughest part to the kids. You know, they, it, it's, they'd rather hit a bloop single and get on base instead of a, a liner at somebody. Just because I'm one for one, I'm having a good day. No, you got beat on a slider and you hit a butt out sing, single over second. But that's another talk. <laughs> uh, parents, I would say, stay out of the way. Stay out of your kid's way. Uh, you know, it's not results driven. It's attitude and effort. You know, I know we've talked a lot, but a quick story. I got drafted out of high school because I, I was between me, me and three other guys, Marty Lamb for the Dodgers said it was between me and three guys and we were all kind of similar players, but he wanted to see the intangibles. He knew what we had on the field, but he said he came to a game and didn't even watch us play. He just watched us off the field. How did we interact with our parents when we got off the bus? How did we talk to our coaches? How did we treat our teammates? All of these things and, you know, we were up like 11 or nothing. I got pulled in this fourth inning or whatever. I went down and protected and played catch with the outfielder. Just did a bunch of little things that, you know, luckily I was raised right. My mom and dad go, did, my mom and dad did a good job. So um, Marty told me that that was the difference maker for me. The, the things not even on the baseball field. That's an awesome way to end because these two episodes, this one, the one with Michael is definitely dedicated for parents who's got young athletes right now. It's so easy to be focused on those results, right? You're paying thousands of dollars to have these kids on travel teams because you want the result, which is a recruiting, you know, an offer to a division one school. But yes, it is all the intangibles that's going to get your son, your daughter to play at the next level or potentially play professional. I love that, Johnny. Well, hey, I want to wrap it up here. Thank you so much for taking time. To be here today this was a great great conversation and and like i said johnny best of luck i hope that call comes and you're back you're back in the affiliated ball playing in the minors and heck maybe someday make it at the top that'd be cool to see i appreciate it man thank you for the platform this was a great conversation andy Thanks all right and for everybody else listening in you know when clarity and confidence collide max massive action happens go make it happen today Hey, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you're finding bullpen sessions to be valuable to your business and your life, do me a favor. Please go to Apple. Please subscribe. Give it a five-star rating. And if you have anybody else in your life, whether it's in your personal tribe or in your business that could also be impacted by listening to these episodes, do me a favor. Share the bullpen sessions with them. I'd be extremely grateful. And until next time, go out, make it happen today. Put a smile on your face and have some fun.